0: you're listening to the Expressing Motherhood podcast. My name is Lindsay Cabot. Thanks for joining in. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you don't enjoy it, please kindly just walk away. You're about to listen to Portland performer Nadia Hassan Syed. She was just in the April Portland show. It's the second time that Expressing Motherhood had been up to Portland. And quickly before I tell you about Nadia, I wanted to mention that Expressing Motherhood always gives 10% of our earnings to a nonprofit. This time we gave our earnings to Family Forward Oregon. And Family Forward Oregon is a group of mothers and caregivers that believe that our current economy can and must do more to support working families. They advocate for paid sick days, paid family leave, workplace, flexibility, affordable childcare, and more. And I am a huge believer in taking care of our mothers and I believe that our country doesn't do enough of that. So very happy to give 10% of our Portland profits to Family Forward Oregon. So back to Nadia. This was Nadia's first time performing in Expressing Motherhood and I connected with her over Portland mom blogs. Nadia's passion for people led her to leave her fancy private sector job to leverage her experience to develop the talent of young and bright minds, high school students. Around the same time, she pursued her teaching interest. She put on two new labels, wife and mom. She learned that her strategies in the house worked well in the classroom and vice versa, but she struggled most with the insecurities of motherhood. From navigating a colicky first baby to an always constipated second baby, she finds herself constantly falling short. She wrote this, I did not. In her free time, which is limited, she loves to hit the gym, dance to Zumba, and karaoke like it's nobody's business. So enjoy Nadia. I have a confession to make to you. I'm jealous
1: of my six-year-old son. Yeah, that's right. I'm jealous of a six-year-old. He seems to know who he is. We recently had a conversation and it went something like this. Hey bud, where are you from? I'm from America. Oh, where am I from? You are from Connecticut. Where's your dad from? He is from Pakistan. Where's your grandma from? She is from Pakistan." And the conversation continued, but he was convinced I was from Connecticut, he was American, and in the confidence in which he spoke made me envious of him. At six years old, he seemed to know who he was. It made me think of my own experiences growing up. I remember the day I told the kids my hair had oil in it. They laughed at me, and I didn't understand. You see, in our culture, we put oil in our hair to help thicken it. I remember the day I told my kids my dad was from India, and my mom was from Pakistan. They laughed, and I didn't understand. At six years old, I added that they met at the border, but that didn't explain it, and it wasn't even true. I tried asking my parents to explain it. As immigrants navigating a new country, they didn't know how to help. I begged my mom not to wear her traditional Indian clothes. I translated for my grandparents regularly, hoping they would just learn English. I refused to count past 20, insisting that you can say 25 by just doing 20 plus five. I loved eating pizza. I didn't want the skin color. I didn't want the baggage and assumptions and stereotypes that came with it. I wanted to look like everyone else. You see, I didn't know who I was, and I didn't know how to love myself. I felt this way a long time a burning desire to forget my roots, with the yearning so strong that I had to fit in, which meant rejecting everything I knew. It was an impossible crisis of conscience. I tried telling my mom I was depressed. Depressed? God has blessed you with all of these things. You can't be depressed. She didn't understand. I was living in two completely different worlds. The Indian Pakistani girl at the mosque praying and embracing Islam, and then the brown girl desperately trying to fit into a school of pale-faced individuals. No, I am not related to the other brown kid. He's Indian. No, the brown substitute teacher is not my mom. <laughs> She's just another sub. No, I don't get my clothes from Goodwill. We don't eat animals alive. No. 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 And then we moved. Here in Oregon, I looked different, but so did others. Can you believe that Oregon had more diversity than a small town in Connecticut? It's true. I remember meeting students from Korea, Cambodia, Iran, Vietnam. The voice that I had silenced for so long was aching to say something. And every time I spoke, It was like I heard myself for the first time. I built connections and bridges. And just like that, my self-worth materialized. I began to do good in school. The B's and C's became A's. No longer was I judged by the color of my skin. I felt I belonged. I began to love myself. And then I went to college. Just like before, my burning desire to fit in encouraged forgetting my roots. No, I speak English. I don't wear those clothes. I don't eat Indian food. I cannot eat spicy food. I lived in so many worlds in my college years. I continuously wavered between different versions of myself. I struggled with loving myself because I didn't know who I was. And then one day I looked in the mirror and realized I was the only one staring back. Not the kids who called me Pocahontas. Not the kids who watched me step in dog poop rather than saying something. Not the teacher who asked me how to cook Indian food. Not the person who told me I look like the other brown girl she knows. Not my parents. Not anyone. It was just me. I needed to stop playing this game with myself. But at the cost of what? My Urdu was lost. I can't cook the food. I don't know how to wear a sari. I can't count past 20. Why did I let that happen? This identity crisis cost me so much that I don't even know where to begin. And now, as a mom, I find myself devastated by what my children will learn from their culture, by what they won't learn from their culture, a culture I don't even understand myself. I try to speak my broken Urdu. I overthink all of the ways that I will screw them up, and I know some of you do too. I yearn to hear my grandparents speak in their native language. I ache for the smell of Indian Pakistani flavors in my house that I probably won't eat. I desperately cling to the hope that my kids will be proud of their heritage, not feel not fearful like I was. Each day I strive to help them love themselves. I tell them to love their eyes, their hair, their color, their 10 fingers, their 10 toes and their sweet kind hearts. Will you help me love them too? <laughs>